Welcome to The End Game, a podcast about the positive aspects of aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I'm your host, Don Oxen. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get on with today's show. So my guest today is Nancy Schwartz, an independent licensed Medicare broker who works with clients to help them navigate through regulations and competing offerings to get the right health care coverage for their needs. This is a new career for Nancy. Over three decades, she helped nonprofits improve their marketing as a consultant and a coach. And while I was in the nonprofit marketing business, uh, Nancy was one of the leading lights that I drew on for inspiration. So welcome, Nancy. It's a pleasure to have you with us, and thanks for being here. Well, Don, thank you so much. It's really a treat to, first of all, reconnect with you and each of us in our new uh, roles. And I really appreciate the invitation here today. Okay. So you have written uh, that you made your recent career switch as a result of working with your father through his final years. Can you talk a little more about that? Sure. Well, like so many other people, um, as, as my dad's health declined, I took a greater and greater role in uh, caring and, and helping him make decisions. And in his final years, I had the opportunity to move him up and, and to a memory care facility near me. And I was able to spend a lot of believe it or not, wonderful time with him. And I got very engaged uh, with the idea of working with people my age and older, I'm 62, to help them have the same quality of life that my dad did. So even though at the end of his life, he did have dementia, he lived till 94. So 90 of those years were great. So it was a very profound experience and I decided You know, I was a little tapped out on nonprofit communications, and this really compelled me in a comprehensive way. So when you you switched to really dealing with Medicare and health insurance, I'm just wondering, what is it that makes Medicare so complicated? Well, it's a Wild West system, and it's sometimes illogical. So one of the things that's so complicated about it is that it is a mixture of private and public plans. Two, there's a lot of incorrect information out there on Medicare because it is so complicated and hard to understand. And that misinformation gets propagated and that causes is even uh, a more significant degree of confusion, and let me say fear, um, than the system itself. So the system's complicated, and then around it has grown a universe of misinformation, and together it's a really, uh, you know, terrifying landscape to enter for many people. I recall that in the months just before I turned 65, I was bombarded with mail from AARP and various insurance companies with exciting offers about health care that frankly I didn't understand. It was the biggest aerial bombardment I had experienced since the year I started looking for colleges to attend. Oh. And <laughs> I get, 
I gather this is a competitive industry, but I also know that it har it's hard at first glance to figure out what's going on at all. It is, Don. Is that, is that how most people experience it? Yeah, it is. And there's really no playbook. You know, people say to me all the time, people who are new to Medicare, whether they're 60, turning 65 or retiring post 65 from a job where they've had healthcare through their employer, they say, nope, no one tells you what you're supposed to do when. And, you know, the most common question, or I guess the first question that comes to people's minds is enrollment. You know, when, when, what, what do I have to do? What should I do? These are the common questions that come first. What's the answer? When do I have to enroll? Well, it's not, it's not a simple answer. Not, nothing in Medicare is simple, Don. And that's, you know, really part of the problem. Um, all, all that's simple is that, and straightforward is that Medicare is not free and it does not cover everything for you. So that is, has been consistent, it is clear, but other than that, it's all a, it depends situation. <laughs> so let's say you're nearing 65. Now, I love to start talking to people up to a year before, when, when they turn 64. Believe me, I have a lot of people reaching out the last month, last week before that happens, or before they retire. Anyway, you know, that's, that's a really good time to start learning about Medicare. Part of what I do is I consider myself, I'm an independent Medicare broker, that means I represent uh, about 14 different insurance companies that make Medicare plans available. And these plans plug the gaps, which is really the financial responsibility for you or the, the individual on Medicare. These plans, these private plans, plug those gaps for you. So, you know, the enrollment thing is, is very, very complicated. If you're not working or you work for an employer with less than 20 employees, you must enroll in Medicare at 65. Okay, that's the clearest thing. If you are working for an employer with 20 plus employees, that employer is required to continue to make employer healthcare available to you. And you don't have to do anything with Medicare. However, if you're in that situation, it, it is uh, useful to enroll in Part A, that's hospital room and board, if you were not contributing to a health savings account or actively contributing to HSA or health savings account for yourself or and and your spouse isn't contributing for you. So that's the if it depends. That was almost a straight answer. <laughs> <laughs> as straight as it gets, Don, as straight as it gets. So let's go back to what Medicare doesn't cover. Let's say I decide I just want to have Medicare and I don't need any of these supplemental plans. Where does that get me in trouble? That's a great question. 
Uh, generally, it is a, a, it puts you in a position of financial vulnerability because there's a lot of cost sharing and and copays and deductibles when all you have is original Medicare. That's what we call the Medicare from the federal government. Let me give you a for instance. On part A, that's hospital room and board. Every time you enter the hospital and are admitted overnight, you are responsible for a $1,556 deductible. And that covers room and board if you stay there anywhere between one and six and 59 nights. Beyond that, which is very rare, you have to pay a per diem. So that's one area of vulnerability. The other area, which is much more common, is that for Part B, which is all your medical coverage, um, and that include ranges from visits with medical practitioners to uh, ER visits, medical equipment, labs, imaging, all that kind of thing. So that's the kind of stuff you use more often, we hope. You, you pay, uh, whereas for Part A, if you've worked for 10 years or 40 quarters over the course of your life, there's no premium for that. But for Part B, you do, there is a monthly premium that is income-based. That starts at $170.10 for the, this year. These cost-sharing elements are set by the federal government, and they do go up a couple of percent every year. But that's not it. You also have a $233 annual, $33 annual deductible, and you're responsible for 20% of every single medical fee. So it's really that 20% that can really get you, and there's no predictability to that. You know, we all, the kind of insurance and health insurance, really like other insurances you choose, it's really about your tolerance for risk. So we're not buying health insurance for our state of health today, if you're healthy at least, but you're buying it for the potential of what may happen down the line. So although I'm always talking to people who are like, I never go to the doctor, I go twice a year. Um, you know, it's important to consider that you, you may well, at any given moment, that whole picture may change. In addition, in most, in 42 out of 50 states, medical practitioners are allowed to charge 15% above the Medicare reimbursement rate. And that makes up the difference between the Medicare reimbursement rate and what they get from private insurance. So you could, if you're in one of 42 states, um, I'm in New Jersey, that's one of them, unfortunately, you could be responsible for a full 33%, let's say, of every single health bill. Plus, Neither Part A or Part B cover medications, yet you have to have medication insurance even if you aren't any, on any medications right now. And that comes with its own premium. If you don't have it, you're penalized. And even when you get it, 
by the federal government, that penalty continues for the rest of your life. And then these supplemental insurance policies then bring down the 20% you pay and, and they cover some of this per diem. Is that, is that the idea? Yeah, well, there are actually two approaches that have been developed to fill the gaps in original Medicare. Medicare supplements or Medigap are one of them, and I have to tell you I'm strongly biased that way because they really uh, very they build on the foundation of original Medicare. So with original Medicare, it's a very robust system. You, it, um, you can use it anywhere in the U.S., no referrals are ever required. You can use any medical practitioner who accepts Medicare and is accepting new patients on Medicare. And every hospital in the U.S. accepts Medicare. So original Medicare is great. And a Medicare supplement has exactly the same parameters. So if you're loyal to your doctors, for example, if you can afford it because there you know, is another monthly premium, you want a Medicare supplement. And the most comprehensive of those plugs all those gaps I just described, also pays the deductible every time you would be admitted to the hospital and so on. And it really provides a very robust coverage. There are a couple of different plans Medicare supplement plans and plan G is the most comprehensive, the one I would recommend. You said there's a second approach. What is that? Uh, the second approach is Medicare Advantage. And I can tell you that uh, probably everything that most people get when they're start 64, every time, most of that marketing material, 99% is about Medicare Advantage plans. So Medicare Advantage plans is a totally privatized approach where actually the federal government turns over the management of your Medicare to a private insurance company that manages this Medicare Advantage plan. And they pay that insurance company a per head fee for managing that for them. So the deductibles and the copays that I mentioned previously no longer apply when you're in a Medicare Advantage plan. The plan develops its own significant copays, coinsurance, and deductibles. So whereas a Medicare supplement, at least a, is like a, a plan G, the most comprehensive, is like an unlimited mobile phone plan, a Medicare Advantage plan is like a pay phone. So the premium may be as low as zero, but you pay every time you use medical care. And the cap, there is a cap, what's called a maximum out of pocket to what you might pay in any given year, but it's this year $7,550, which is much, much more than a year's worth of monthly premium for a plan G anywhere in the US. So in addition though, Medicare Advantage plans, they have limited practitioner networks. Um, there are a lot of rules and regulations. Most of all also, so you can't necessarily stay with your doctors. And even if you find doctors or other practitioners in a Medicare Advantage plan, 
doctors and other practitioners are leaving those plans uh, all during the course of the year because they're not satisfied with the timeliness of their, their payment from the insurance company or, or the equivalent. But the, really the best thing about Medicare supplements, Don, is that it's the only time in our lives, as or as long as I've been on health insurance, within memory of what my health insurance is like, let's put it like that, that the health insurance company doesn't play a vetting role in deciding what kind of medical treatment you're going to get. So if you have a Medicare supplement, and of course that go, you, it's paired with original Medicare, then as long as your physician documents in the proper way why this treatment or surgery or whatever is medically necessary and codes it properly, it's, it's covered. There's no insurance company saying, no, I don't think we're gonna okay that surgery until you go through at least one course of physical therapy and a course of anti-inflammatories. So with a Medicare supplement, it's the one time in your life when your healthcare practitioner who you have faith in is actually directing your healthcare 100%. Is that the same with the uh, healthcare, the Medicare Advantage plans? Not at all. So those plans are always trying to save money. That's because they get paid this head, per head fee from the federal government. And everything they have to pay out on your behalf chips away at that fee. Let me give you an example. I frequently get calls from adult children of people who are coming out of the hospital. They have Advantage plans. And the Advantage plan is uh, not saying they're not going to cover them going to inpatient rehab. This can happen for people who are really, really need to do it. You know, have had two hips replaced and are elderly or a significant heart attack. But that's something they, Advantage plans just don't like to do because it's pricey. So the, the Medicare Advantage plans sound a lot like an HMO to me. Whereas the, is that exactly. right? Exactly. That's exactly okay. what they're like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten into the weeds of Medicare yet because, thank Lord, I am still covered under my wife's insurance, which is a, a great group plan. You're very lucky, Don. I know I am, but the day's going to come. But have I missed a chance to select Medicare options because I've waited? You haven't at all. Your options are triggered by your enrollment date in Part B for boy. So that's what really sets the whole thing in motion. You ask a very good question because um, particularly for, for enrolling in a Medicare supplement, there are particular, uh, some very specific time frame that you can do so the first time you enroll in Part B and subsequently a supplement very specific time frame that you can do so without a health a look at your health history pre-existing conditions so um, you don't want to miss that but if you are on employer coverage whether yours or your partners um, that that is fine and then when you enroll in Part B that triggers your, they call it an initial enrollment period, 
when you first enroll in Original Medicare, and then you'll have that opportunity to enroll in a Medicare supplement with no issues about any health conditions. So you're not missing anything. Worry not. Okay. Sounds good. Is it unusual for people to change their supplemental insurance policies once they have them, to go from one to another, to go for a different cost or something? Well, that's a great question. People love their Medicare supplement plans for all the reasons I've outlined. So people don't, they set it and they forget it, which isn't that what we want to do with all things like insurance? However, <laughs> if you hold, I, I do a lot of replacement policies for supplements. So I, with all of my clients on supplements, every two or three years, I check and see um, what their current premium is. And then um, I check with them on their health issues. And if it's they're viable, it's likely they're gonna be accepted, I can often find them the same coverage, the same plan at a lower price, if they're gonna pass that look at pre-existing health conditions, also called underwriting. So there is benefit and I've, you know, it's natural. I, I have uh, someone, an 87 year old client. She had a Medicare supplement. She had retired at 75. She got on Medicare. She had the supplement. Um, she loved it, but I switched her. She was really healthy. Um, they're really looking at your last two years of health uh, stability. And we saved her $3,000 a year in Medicare supplement premiums. Here's something I, and that's because something I learned that's relevant to every insurance policy all of us has, you pay sort of a loyalty fee for holding on to one, a single insurance policy for the duration. So let's say for your automobile insurance, you'd think that they, dis, if you were a loyal customer, they discounted for you, but that's not the case. You pay more because they know you're kind of sucked into it and you're not looking elsewhere the longer you've been. So they up it, up it, up it, and you can frequently save by changing to different car insurance, for example, or a Medicare supplement. Wow. If you can pass that underwriting. Just like cell phone plans. Um. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Are you finding this work satisfying? I really love it, Don, I have to say. With nonprofit communications, I did strategy work. or And that could be message development, or that could be how to uh, communicate around a new program. And um, that was really different from, even though the causes were great, mostly organizations and the people, my clients were great. I was so, I never really saw much of or heard back much of an impact. I was so far away with what I did from on the ground, you know, with this, first of all, I love my clients and people, you know, the people I work with. It's such satisfying work because I see immediate, even if it ends up that they should keep their, you know, there's nothing I can do for them. You know, I, I consider myself an educator. The first thing I do when I to, you know, do a Zoom meeting with someone is to educate them about the Medicare system. 
So they are more confident and comfortable with assessing what I'm going to recommend to them and, you know, with their choice in the end. And, you know, when I do that for someone and I get them on the right plan, um, not only is it probably the best insurance they've ever had, but uh, there is a feeling of relief and confidence for people going forward and being able to see that and hear that. I got so much great feedback. It's really just so satisfying. It's so immediately satisfying. So that's, that's very nourishing. That's wonderful. So what advice do you give to older adults like ourselves who are tearing their hair out trying to figure out Medicare and the supplements? Whether you're new to Medicare, or you're already enrolled in Medicare, but you just feel like you don't really understand it, it's good to start by um, giving yourself as much lead time as possible, for one thing, that's especially so start when you're 64, if you're going to enroll in Medicare at 65. Um, a great way to educate yourself is to find a, what's called an independent broker like myself. Um, and to, you know, I, I, you can find one through presentations at the library, your community, sometimes your health department look online if you do that look at google reviews ask your friends never ask your friends what decisions they've made with medicare plans because it's probably mis they made a misinformed decision perhaps and it won't be applicable to you but ask around oh, ask your financial advisor does do they have a recommendation of a medicare broker for you those are all good places to look so you want that for for a broker like me, you know, I uh, there's no charge for our services. Um, every insurance premium you pay has a built-in commission, and so if you enroll directly through an insurance company, they keep that commission. And if you work with a guide like me or another broker, then we're compensated by that commission. You pay the same either way. So you want to find someone who, you know, has some kind of referral, who you trust, uh, you feel listens to you. And then the other thing I suggest that you do is do sort of uh, an audit or inventory of your health care needs and preferences. It's a process. You want to understand it. You want to think about what's important to you. That's a really hard thing for people, especially for people who have been on employer insurance for their entire lives. It's a big decision. And so the really important new thing to do is to assess your healthcare needs and preferences. Nancy, thank you so much. You have done your job as an educator for me because I've learned all kinds of new things I had no idea about. And I know others will find it equally helpful. And thank you for all the excellent advice. Well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure to be here. As you can tell, I'm very enthusiastic about this uh, subject. And the fact <laughs> is, you can get the right Medicare coverage. And, uh, you know, so that's an opportunity for so many people that they have yet to take advantage of. You can learn more about Medicare coaching at Nancy Schwartz's website. That's smartmedicare.com
Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The Endgame, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The Endgame.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, The End Game, at theendgame.substack.com. I'm Don Auction, wishing you all the best in aging with grace, with joy, and with purpose. I hope you'll join us for future programs here at The End Game.